What is up, everyone? Welcome to uh, another episode of the American Nomad Podcast. I am the American Nomad, Rav Holly. Uh, doesn't look. Oh, we got one person in the room. Let's see who we got. Well, we got two people in the room. Oh, we got Trav Man. You already hit me with a three dollars super sticker. What are what is going on, Trav Man? You guys, bear with me really quick. Uh, I made a huge mistake here. I forgot to start my audio recording setting up this new uh, software. I forgot to set up the freaking audio recording to do the audio podcast to get the audio. I guess I could just pull it from the video, but it'd be easier to start it right here. So bear with me a second. All right, there we go. Welcome to the American Nomad Podcast, hosted by the legend himself, or as I refer to him, the legend in his own mind, Rav Holly. All right. We got a random nomad in the room. Trav, man, what is going on, guys? How you doing? Good to see you guys. We got, uh, this is going to be our second go here with uh, the new StreamYard. And I uh, got a guest on the show today, longtime libertarian like myself, Mr. John Leonard. Uh, he's going to be coming in. Watch collector, kind of like myself. Uh, he's got a large watch collection. I was looking at it earlier, checking it out. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, who did we lose? Trav man, uh, hit us with a $3 super chat. Appreciate that, buddy. Uh, how you doing? Random nomad. Good to see you, man. Anyway, guys, uh, before we get started our uh, show topic today, I actually have a, uh, we've got a little, uh, we we have a little video to run through here. So uh, without further ado, let's run through this and uh, then we'll bring John in the room and we'll come back and discuss it. Tip Tiffany Dover, nurse who fainted after COVID vaccine goes missing, forcing hospital to deny she's died. The Tennessee nurse who passed out live on television after receiving the coronavirus vaccine has vanished, sparking online rumors that she is dead. She has since been inactive on all of her social media accounts and has not been seen in the public eye, as users flood her pages with comments and concern as rumors continue to circulate of her death. Social media sleuths noticed that she has not posted on her Instagram account for five days, when she normally posts every couple of days. I just heard that Tiffany Dover the nurse who fainted after the COVID shot is dead. Her friend on Facebook said this and family is getting death threats so they shut up. There is also a gag order, one tweeted. After the outlandish claims of her death continued on Twitter, Kai Memorial Hospital issued a statement via their Twitter account stating Dover was alive and well. The hospital wrote, Update, Nurse Tiffany Dover appreciates the concern shown for her. She is home and doing well. She asks for privacy for her and her family. Despite the statement, people remained unconvinced as they questioned the reason for the hospital providing the statement. The nurse manager at the Kai Memorial Hospital in Chattanooga received the vaccine alongside five other doctors and nurses before fainting. In an interview with Chattanooga TV stations just minutes after she recovered from the faint, Dover said, I have a history of having an overactive vagal response, and so with that if I have pain from anything, a hangnail or if I stub my toe, I just pass out. The hospital also promptly released a statement after administering its first vaccinations, explaining that, shortly after and while conducting a media interview, 
one of the nurses became dizzy and was assisted to the floor. She never lost consciousness and quickly recovered. All right. So uh, that is the show topic for today is being a libertarian. Uh, I can be a little, a uh, little bit, have a little bit of conspiracy uh, in my uh, thinking. And uh, it's kind of, uh, where is Tiffany Dover? Like, where is she? Uh, if she is okay, why isn't she responding to anybody on her fa on her uh, Instagram? Now, her Facebook has went missing, but her Instagram is still there. There's over 4,500 comments the last time I looked at it. People just asking her just to say something on Instagram to let them know that she's okay. But today, still, there's been no response. And now we're going on four days, I believe, since uh, she actually passed out live on television. Did anybody see this? Uh, it's literally just been under the radar. Nobody's talking about it. Now, if you go to the media outlets, it's all over the media outlets. No, it's not like uh, it's being hidden, but it's just nobody has picked it up and is really talking about it. Uh, other than through certain social media channels. Like I said, if you go to her Instagram account, there's literally 4,500 uh, comments on her Instagram. Just people, uh, wondering, you know, it, because she's not answering. Uh, so there's this huge conspiracy theory out there that she may not be okay. So anyway, uh, uh, the reason I'm having Mr. John Leonard on today is because he actually brought it to my, my attention through parlor. He messaged me and let me know, cause I hadn't heard anything about it. And I'm like, Whoa, I gotta have you on the show, buddy. We got to talk about this. So I had to do a little research today. I also, uh, this morning tried to get some cash out of the bank, uh, went to, uh, I, I had, I needed to get cash out. Of, I have accounts with bank of America and Wells Fargo went to the bank today to with the, early this morning. I got to the bank like at six 30 this morning to withdraw some money out of bank of America. They're side by side and walk it right over to Wells Fargo and deposit in the Wells Fargo, uh, ATM bank of America wouldn't let me have any cash. I went over to the Wells Fargo machine. You can't get any cash. So I was going to go to another, another bank of America. But while I was standing at bank of America, there was like four or five Hispanic guys standing there. And one of the Hispanic guys said, this is the fifth bank I've come to. None of them have any cash. I was like, Whoa, that's a little weird, a little crazy. So uh, I was talking to that, uh, talking to my buddy, John Leonard about that as well. So without further ado, let's get Mr. John Leonard in the room here and uh, let's talk about it. Oh, and my buddy, John Leonard, uh, fellow Texan, just to let you guys know, he doesn't live in Texas right now, as I don't live in Texas, but we're both Texas through and through. And without further ado, here's Mr. John Leonard. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, what's up, Rav? Uh, greetings from the East Coast Libertarian Bunker. How are you? <laughs> Good, man. Good to see you, buddy. I Good. like that hat. Nice yeah, cap. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. just a, a tribute to you and your podcast. There, we keep uh, keep it real with the the Texas uh, attitude here. Hell yeah, appreciate that, man. Uh, I see you got your uh, Xbox headset on there. So you've been playing some Call of Duty. Uh, no, I I don't have time for gaming, man. I got four kids. I, that's that's a, right. My my, right. my free my free time is kids, uh, work, and uh, working on our own business. Also, so I. Uh, People ask me all the time what I do for for hobbies and kids, uh, guns, and uh, <laughs> my family's my hobby. I don't I don't even really watch TV except for The Mandalorian. So uh, I won't spoil yeah. it for anybody. I won't go into that in case you haven't seen it. Well, The Mandalorian is is it's a hot hot topic right now, and uh, my friend Gina Carano is actually on The Mandalorian. I do believe. 
but I don't, I'm not a snark. I'm a Star Wars geek. I guess you're a Star Wars geek. You're a little bit younger than I am, but I mean, Star Wars came out when I was a kid. You know, yeah. The yeah I'm, Star I'm, Wars. I'm a I'm a little younger. I remember um, Return of the Jedi in the theater. So I'm I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 43. Right. So I'm a little little younger. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm really really not a geek. It's um, Star Wars, Star Trek. I, I don't go down the the graphic novels and all the sub and the animated series. I just I like the movies and I like the the storyline. I think. It's as Lucas described it as a space opera, but I think it's a message uh, really related to what we're talking about tonight. It's an American message, right? I oh, mean, yeah. the, the 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 guy coming from nothing becoming something and standing for the thing that's right, and I think that's what resonates with with everybody. And then, well, I, I don't want to give away the Mandalorian, but if you watch the last episode. Um, it all circles back around. So I'll leave it. I there. guess I'm gonna have to check this out because the funny thing is, is uh, I was checking out hot topics on. Uh, I was checking out hot topics for YouTube, and that mm-hmm. was like the number one trending thing on YouTube was the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. oh well, and, yeah. I mean, and and they're they're you know they're, Disney is doing a ton of Star Wars related series, uh, also with the Marvel related series, uh, and it's. Um, they have saved the Star Wars franchise. If you believe the last three movies were not that good or really departed from the storyline, they have saved the franchise. So it's, it is huge. I also just hold another podcast on how streaming is uh, movie theaters are done and everything's going to be streaming in my opinion. Uh, in, in, yeah, in the future, you'll, it, the, the first month or two would be like pay-per-view access. So they make their, their ticket, their gate. Uh, and then after that, it'll just be streaming only. So I, I think, the technology of television quality, you can still get the cinema. Almost everybody has a quality high definition uh, LED TV that can display cinema quality pictures. So uh, short of the, the high end surround sound, I think you're going to we're going to see the death of the movie theaters all sped up by COVID. Well, Warner Brothers or <clears throat> I may be don't don't hold me on the studio. I've, I shouldn't know the studio, but one of the studios just announced that they're actually, uh, what studio is it? It's the studio that owns HBO Max. Uh, they're yeah, they want to sell the studio. No, no, no. They're actually going to be, uh, they're going to be releasing all of their movies that go to the oh, theaters that like to go to AMC. They're going to be releasing them. Uh, which one of them is the new Wonder Woman, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, 80, Wonder Woman 1984, Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, all of their movies that they're releasing. Uh, they're going to go directly to HBO Max at the same time they go to the theaters. Mm-hmm. So uh, the theaters uh, aren't too happy about it. There's a lot of uh, actual production people that aren't too happy about it. I work in the entertainment industry, have for many years. Uh, there, As a matter of fact, uh, I was kind of joking on my uh, Instagram because the worst movie that is on uh, Netflix right now, which is probably the second uh, starring Ryan Phillippe, I was an assistant director on that movie. And uh, it's horrible, but my ni- my name is front and center in the credits, but it's so bad. I think it's got like a four on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the, the theaters can hate it, but um, I've been in in management in retail management for twenty years, so I'm just gonna say this: if all of the people who distribute your product close and they're not buying your product, and you can't make money from the product that you're still producing. You, they're going to find another outlet. It's just supply and demand. If you can't deliver on, you know, if you're AMC and you can't deliver the product to the final end customer, 
you know, they're going to go direct to consumer. I mean, that's what Amazon has provided for organizations also. Um, a lot of people think Amazon's a retailer. They're not. They're a third-party logistics company, and that's where they make their money at is taking a small cut in warehousing fees from anybody and everybody that manufactures something. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and uh, see, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah. Amazon, but Amazon's wiped everybody out. But Amazon has really been the one, the culprit that has really put people into the mindset that ever that ever Amazon and Netflix. So everybody wants everything immediately and they want it online. Which yeah. is funny because I remember when Amazon started out, uh, when it very first and it was just a book club. It was a mm-hmm. you could buy books and get books off of Amazon. That's all it was. Yeah. It had and nothing Bar- but Barnes books. and Noble. Barnes and Noble yeah. wouldn't buy them for a million dollars. That's funny. That, and they and they 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 shot themselves in the foot on that one. But, um, yeah, I, when Amazon came around, I literally didn't give them, I didn't give them a chance. I thought that was the dumbest thing. And it just goes to show you how smart I am because, uh, Hey, it, it is like, yeah. that's all it is now is, is Amazon, Amazon, this Amazon, that Netflix, this Netflix, that let's jump in the room right here, John. Uh, I kind of keep up with the chat and see who we got here. So we got random nomad. Good to see you, man. Trav man says it's uh, let's see what Trav man says. Getting some feedback here. Do you guys, you hear that, John? No, you, you, sound, yeah, you sound good on my end. Okay. Uh, Trav man says it's so cheap to do home theater now to portable projectors for 75 bucks under and surround sound bars for 150 yeah. and under. Exactly. So true, buddy. So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- theaters are dying like Blockbuster died. Yeah. yeah. They just don't know it yet. They're already dead. Hey, driving home Lamont. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, Freedom Dove. Good to see you. Got a bunch of the regulars in here tonight, John. So uh, cool. that always a, that's always nice. Uh, let's see. Random Nomad says, didn't Netflix start out? Let's see. Didn't Netflix start out as as a mall shop, a mall ship uh, to your ma- house? Mail ship to your house. Yeah, they, they, I think they still do that service. I, I think you you actually pay extra for it now, which is I think you still get DVDs uh, if you actually log in to the website, and not the app. I, I actually think there's still the option to go through and have DVDs sent to your house. Yeah, that's actually the way, that's the way I started because when mm-hmm. Netflix at one time it was expensive, or it was two different plans. You could do like the DVD plan for like I don't know, it was like four ninety nine a month or something like that. But if you wanted a streaming service, then it had added like another three dollars to yeah. it that made it seven dollars. Oh, yeah. I was so I just I was had on the Netflix. DVD plan. Yeah, I was on Netflix before they had a streaming service. I, I was a very yeah, early, yeah. and yeah. I, I tend to be an early adopter. I was on Pandora before they were public. I have, I think, I'm grandfathered in at two ninety nine a month for life on Pandora's. Dude. I was on them early, 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 early. Twitter too. I was on That's Twitter really, really early. Yeah, I was too on Twitter, uh, and eBay. <clears throat> I got on eBay in ninety nine, so I've been on eBay since nineteen ninety nine. Uh, but I was on, I was a beta tester for MySpace back in go. 2004. And most people don't know that MySpace actually turned, MySpace originally originated as a music site. Yeah. <clears throat> it was basically for bands and you had to be, you literally had to be in the music industry. And I was a photographer that was shooting a lot of bands in Dallas. And so uh, I, I heard through, I heard about MySpace through the bands and stuff I was working with in Dallas. So uh, yeah, it's funny how, how how things change. You know, MySpace started as music. We see where it went to, uh, and then uh, you also have uh, YouTube was a dating website. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I was on YouTube, which is funny because uh, I, I've been on YouTube started in 2005. And I've been on YouTube since 2006. This channel I started in 2006. And I've only got freak. I haven't even got 10,000 subscribers, so I'm not, uh, not the, uh, most successful YouTuber, but Hey, I just keep at it. Well, that's it. I would, you know, it, it's about getting your voice out there and somewhere it'll, it'll, it'll be heard. There's not enough, uh, people speaking to, uh, somewhere. I'll just say this, you know, we talked about, you, you mentioned conspiracy theories. There's not enough speak people speaking to the truth that's within some of the conspiracy theories, so to speak. I think some of them are, are out there. We're not going to go clap alien cheeks in area 51, but there's these things get started because there's some truth to them. And any disinformation campaign uses truth as its underlying mode to start the disinformation flowing. Uh, It's a long held tactic of uh, uh, armies. uh, Counterintelligence uh, is to use real information, just enough information to get you, uh, to believe what's going to happen. For example, World War II, they literally dropped dead officers uh, into Germany with, quote, secret plans on them, uh, intentionally not bringing bodies home in order to confuse the Germans. Uh, But yeah, so disinformation um, needs to be talked about. And I, I, I don't have answers. You know, a lot of what I'm going to talk about tonight and things, I'm going to tell you the things that I've seen, uh, things that I've researched, uh, and if you just look at what's actually being told to us, um, it, on some of the stuff, it doesn't add up. And on other stuff, they tell you exactly what they're doing, but people don't want to believe it because it seems so outlandish and so foreign. Yeah, they've always done that, though. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when they talk when you they talk about the Illuminati, you know, it's, it's right there, right there in front of your face. They don't hide it. It's in plain sight. Yeah. Kind of, you know, kind of conspiracy theory things, you know, but it, it's actually true. They don't hide it that much. Uh, you know, like if you look back, uh, like at the, at the Panama invasion, we, when we invaded Panama, uh, going after Manuel Noriega, uh, our troops, we basically, we let a ground or we let a, a invasion over there to get one drug kingpin killed tw- over 20,000 Panamanians, uh, leveled like seven city blocks, killed 22,000 people just to get one drug kingpin. But what people don't understand with what we did there is that was George Bush seniors. That was his little prep, his little, uh, sparring session to be able to go in because he wanted to go into, uh, Iraq and he wanted to go in and after, uh, Saddam Hussein. So that was his little, that to get his military ready to go. That's basically what that all boiled well, down to. And, and, and let's just not forget the money expended to do that. Uh, oh, yeah, munitions sure. are not cheap. And uh, every bomb and every bullet gets fired makes somebody a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. So let's talk about this nurse, because that's why I really wanted to have you on here. Because you brought it to my attention this morning, because I hadn't even heard anything about it. And the, with this, you know, and alluding to what you said, that's why I really went after and doing this podcast is because... Uh, so many people with a voice that's that leans more to the right these days are being shut down by all the social media platforms. You do know Instagram just came out with a new terms of service that's, that went into effect December the 20th, which was yesterday. Yeah, I haven't, a whole- I haven't read it. They sent an email. I haven't read it. I don't really mm-hmm. do Insta that much uh, since I'm not in photography anymore, and it's uh, really more of a visual platform. But I, they're, they're all going that way. You know, I mean, look at Facebook's 
taking op-eds out against Apple. I mean, I, yeah. if you had to pick a worse company to fight uh, in the realm of technology, it's probably Apple. You're, you're going to lose. And nobody hates Apple. I, well, maybe some people hate Apple. But for the most part, nobody hates Apple. I'm on a Mac right now, okay? So you, you, people already think Zuckerberg is soulless. Uh, and you're going to go after Apple uh, and poor Steve Jobs's memory. Uh, it's not going to work for him. Yeah, the optics are bad, very bad. But the the new uh, we won't get into it a, a whole lot here. But the new uh, terms that Instagram are have implemented, they're very Orwellian. Uh, basically, what they what they've done is if you use uh, Instagram after the twentieth, which was what yesterday, uh, if you. Yeah. Yes. Today's the 21st. Uh, if you use uh, Instagram after the 20th, which is today, you opt in that they can actually use your camera. So they want to use your camera on your on your phone to be able to look at anything like when you're taking a video or anything you're doing uh, to be able to uh, push advertisements to you. That's what it sets states in yeah. new terms of service. Now, what I tell everybody, because a bunch of people are freaking out about this, you got a mo bunch of models freaking out about this, because you know they're taking half nude selfie videos for TikTok and stuff like that, and now they're thinking that the guys at you know Instagram are sitting there watching them while they're doing you know the, their little TikTok videos or whatever they're doing. But what I've been telling, what I told them, and a couple of girls that I know that was up in arms about this, I said, hey, I said they've probably been doing this all along. I mean, it's it's been talked about. Uh, a year or so ago that they were talking about and they're like, no, we don't do it when it was discovered that they could activate the camera in your phone. They've probably been doing it all along, but Instagram now has been probably during this time writing up their new terms of service to protect themselves so they can't get sued for, for uh, breaking your yeah. privacy. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the running jokes about if you talk and then all of a sudden your, your Facebook or your feed shows up, an ad exactly. it happened it happened yeah. to my wife tonight it's something that literally she would never look never search for we were having a conversation poof it pops up on her mm -hmm. on her feed yeah. because i have a lot of that disabled on my phone uh so you know I, i'm pretty sure they they always have and hence why zuckerberg is going after apple on stopping data that you don't want leaving your phone uh, they were pretty clear that they're not interfering with the app they're just preventing the transmission outside of your phone, uh, according to Apple with the, the iOS updates. Yeah, for sure. So this nurse, uh, so I, I didn't see this, but I went back and watched the video of her actually feigning, which was yeah. two days, three days. It was on the 18th, which is my sister's yeah. birthday. Uh, she got the shot and she immediately fainted afterwards. And her name is Tiffany Dover. Tiffany Dover. Tiffany Dover. And she fainted. Uh, then once she regained her composure, she stated for the cameras that she has a condition, which is kind of weird to me. My sister's a nurse and it's uh, it, it doesn't the, it, it doesn't pass the test with me that she's a nurse and she has this condition where she can literally just fall out at any minute. She's like, if she gets a hangnail, it could cause her to pass out. I don't see that a nurse would be running around a hospital. Yeah. Uh, taking care of critically ill patients when they could literally, she could literally pass out right at a, at a critical moment when she's handing the doctor a scalpel or something that doesn't, you know, that doesn't ring just something does something that doesn't add up for me right there. And yeah. then, and then, so she came, but she came back when she, uh, 
gained her composure and she said that she has this condition. But then after she left, uh, people, I guess, were trying to check on her and, you know, waiting to see what else she had to say. And a lot of people were interested to see if she had any other conditions afterwards or if she was completely okay. But what's what's pushed the conspiracy theory out there is she has went, she's vanished. She's went completely MIA. She's usually very active on her social media. Her Facebook page uh, initially was uh, being bombarded and then it went, was set to private and then it got completely deleted. Her Instagram account is still there and it's got 4,500 comments, I believe on her last post when I checked it earlier today, but nobody's seen anything from her. Nobody's seen anything from her. And there's a, so the big conspiracy is out there that uh, she's no longer with us. So what do you think about that? Well, you know, we'll, we'll start from the beginning is, uh, I have passed out before speaking to people. Uh, you take someone who doesn't handle stress well. Uh, you can actually, if you go back and look at the video before she passed out, you can see how white her face is when she holds her hand up there compared to the color of her hand. Uh, and as someone trained in first aid and uh, uh, first responder, it's, it was obvious she was getting ready to go down. Um, I, I don't have a problem with someone passing out. I mean, if you're nervous, there's cameras. This is a lot of pressure. You know it's going to be on the national news. It's going to be on the world news. It's a huge stage. She probably would have done a lot better to, to get back up and say, yeah, sorry, really nervous. I you know, passed out. She was probably standing there with her legs locked, all the things you should not do. Uh, and then also this is just a, say a small hospital, which is an average size hospital in Chattanooga. Maybe they have a media person that kind of gave her some pointers on what to say. Uh, but this is not a coached and rehearsed person uh, as far as giving a speech. So, I don't know. And I even said that in my original Facebook post, like, look, I've passed out before. People get nervous. People pass out. They faint. It, it's that's not a big deal where this became an issue. Uh, and even as far as her comments, well, oh, I have this condition. Maybe she's passed out before. It is a real medical condition, but usually it happens with the immediate onset of pain. So in other words, she should have passed out when the needle went into her arm, not five minutes later after the, the incident. And she's just standing there talking. Uh, but even that passing out after getting an injection of some form is also not entirely unheard of. And it doesn't mean that there's a problem with the thing that was injected into you. It's just a actual physiological response of your body. You can go into shock from uh, a minor cut on your hand and a temperature differentiation. So I don't have a problem with any of that. Where it went south and where it went weird is uh, people found her Facebook page. They found her Instagram page. And they wanted to check on her. Uh, and then there was no response. Uh, and then the hospital put up a post that was later removed saying that she was actually fine and at home and she just wanted some privacy. I can respect that also. But I started doing my own digging, being nosy, snooping around what you could that's public uh, on her Facebook profile. Go to her friends list, search for anybody that had her maiden name uh, and her current last name. So a very short list, and every single one of those people had their Facebook also set to private. That's probably about 15 or 20 people, and my, my Facebook is set to private. I don't have a public Facebook persona. But at, surely one of them, including the younger ones, would have stuff that was public. That's just, it, it's a generational thing. I mean, she's 30, but there was people that she's family members with that were younger. None of them had anything set to private. Uh, so... This uh, uh, lockdown uh, and then the comments of people just literally saying, 
hey, are you okay? What's going on? How do you feel after getting the vaccine? Maybe she was instructed not to answer uh, to anybody, but she could just simply say, say, hey, look, I'm not qualified to talk about the vaccine. I'm okay. Nope. I'm at home. I'm yeah, here. what I was saying a little bit while you were fiddling there is, you know, the 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 where it got really odd was just the entire lack of response, um, you know, from anybody, her family and friends that share a name with her, and then a lot of the other people. Their Facebooks were completely on private, but the comments on her they just started building, building, building. They went super quick, uh, and like I said, nobody was slamming her. Nobody's accusing her of being a big pharma shill, or uh, not until afterwards did anybody accuse her of actually being a crisis actor, uh, but. That's uh, that's a, probably a little far down the road. All she really had to do was post something on her Facebook page, make it public. It could be like, "Hey, I'm good. There's been a lot of attention on me. I'm stepping back. I'm 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 fine. Uh, you know, just taking some time off from work because there was a lot of response to this, and I wasn't ready for that. Done, gone. Your 15 minutes of fame is over. But none of that has happened. The hospital, the statement they they released originally that she was okay was since removed. Um, so why did they remove it? Um, you know, I don't have answers beyond that. Um, it just, it seems really odd that I think a normal, rational person, if you're thrust into the national spotlight and you get all this attention, it can go away really, really easy by just simply telling people I'm good. Uh, that's all anybody really wanted to know. I never saw anybody on the page attacking her. They were attacking each other. Some people saying, leave her alone. I would leave, you know, I would ignore you too. And you're all anti-vaxxers uh, and, and that kind of stuff. But I, I don't, uh, it, none of it adds up. None of it makes sense. We still haven't heard from her. We still don't have an answer. Uh, the hospital's not said anything else, which being an employer uh, and also her healthcare provider, obviously, if they gave her a vaccine, they have certain laws and regulations they can't talk about. But uh, I don't know. The whole thing is very, very weird, uh, especially given the fact that in the UK they were reporting uh, anaphylactic responses to the vaccine uh, in yeah. some people. Um, I'm a dad of four. Someone got in this argument with me the other day, and the guy's actually a doctor. Uh, he's not a pediatric doctor. But I said, hey, every time you get your kids vaccinated, they literally give you a piece of paper that says anaphylaxis can happen, and it can happen 24, 48, 72 hours later, keep an eye on your kid for the first you know, few days to make sure that they're okay. And he just flatly accused me of being an idiot and that I was making that up. And I'm like, every kid that I've got that's been vaccinated, I've left with that same piece of paper, no matter how many times yeah, they tell me, they give me the same verbal warning, keep an eye on your kid. They could have an allergic response. Yeah, uh, I don't, I mean, it, it's pretty common. I, I mean, so uh, I, it, if she, and, and here's the thing, even if she had, Lord, Lord hope she's not dead. Apparently she had kids. Um, it, even if she did have an anaphylactic response and die, that is not entirely out of the realm of possibility with any vaccine. It doesn't look yeah. good for the pharmacy company. It doesn't look good on healthcare providers. Uh, but it is, there's going to be a certain number of people that die from this. Now, whether it's completely 100% yeah. <laughs> safe or not, someone's going to die from it. You can't cover it up. Uh, the, the math is just there, like one out of every 100,000 kids die from the flu vaccine. It's just yeah. math. And, and unfortunately, someone's going to get the short straw. Yeah, well, I heard I heard an estimate saying that uh, out of every, I think it was every like 5 million or something like that, that they expected 14,000 people would die from it, from the vaccine, yeah. that have allergic reaction or that have some kind of reaction to it and they would die, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's. 
you know, a little background. I've, I know the, the audience doesn't know me. So I used to be a cop, you know, so I kind of yeah. have a morbid sense of things. And I came to peace a long time ago with we all had a date and a time. Uh, and, you know, death is the end result of life. And no one's no one's getting out of here and we're all going to die from something. And some people are going to die in a way that's unpleasant uh, or unexpected. Uh, it happens happens every day. Um you know, I, and I'm not, I think Random Nomad said it too. He said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but you're not putting an unknown in my arm. Absolutely. This was rushed. It, whoever has the most successful vaccine is making it, well, they're making a lot of money anyway. They're going to make even more money if they are the vaccine that is predominantly oh, yeah, uh, used. Sure. They've already got billions in government contracts. It's rushed through. And I think we all knew the the joke was that John Glenn said about uh, he's flying a rocket built by the lowest government bid. Uh, right. And that's really what this vaccine is. And we yeah, have sure. intentionally passed every safeguard uh, for the vaccine that is set in place by medical professionals and scientists that said we need to follow these processes. They've removed all of those because everybody is scared. You're scared. Oh, well, I mean, get over being scared. I don't know what to tell you. Well, and everybody's in a, in a rush to get back to normalcy too. You know, that's part of it. Uh, but it's like I said on the, that's I've said on the, back. no, I've said on the podcast here in the past that, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, uh, Ebola, uh, was founded in 1986. It was discovered, you know, in, in the jungle in 1986, they still don't, they've been working on a vaccine since 1986. They still don't have one for Ebola. Yeah. H1N1 has been around for two and a half, three decades. Uh, there was a movie, the movie, uh, what's pandemic or what's that movie? It starts with a C. Uh, um, contagion. Contagion. Right, right. Yeah. That, so that movie was like in 2009 or 2006 mm -hmm. or nine or something like that. Well, that's yeah. what that movie, the, the, it's the H1N1. That's what it yeah. circles around. Yeah. And they talk and they show the vaccine at the end of the movie. That's, you know, that comes out and gets everybody back to normal. Okay. Well, when the H1N1 outbreak happened in 2009 and then again in 2015, uh, there was no, there was a vaccine that was rushed through. It was tested on children in Africa. A lot of these kids died or got sick, yeah. but then they, they rushed the, the vaccine into the United States, started giving it to Americans, but it didn't work. There's still no vaccine for H1N1. So it just, uh, it, it strikes me as a little odd that they really think that they can push this vaccine through and maybe it will, but that it's going to work. You know what I mean? And now I literally just saw yesterday or day before that they were talking about in the UK, there's some new mutant strain of coronavirus that's really uh, messing people up which yeah. to me sounds more like the initial virus that outbroke in China, because now these people in the UK are having the same kind of uh, symptoms and are dying like they were in China to begin with. It's like we got like a really light strain compared to what China had. If you watched any of the China videos that were coming out of China in January, uh, it was, or in December, January, it was some pretty scary stuff. Oh, and, uh, and you know, Rav, I, I was on this early. I mean, we were, yeah, were linked here. on Facebook. I mean, I was December, January, I was yeah. talking about this yeah. with people because people were dropping dead in China, or in at least China. the video showed them dropping dead, yeah. welding people into apartment buildings. Yep. And, and you know, look, if it was if it was that bad, I would be in a different position now talking about it because I, I was prepared yeah. for it. I'm like, if this is that yeah. bad, we're going to have a mass event here in the United States. Yeah. That's what um, I thought too. I thought we'd have yeah. I thought we'd have bodies stacked up on the sidewalks like they were having in China. But yeah. you know, a man just died on an airplane like two days ago. 
he's yeah, flying across the country and he, and he dropped dead. And now mm-hmm. the flight attendant that actually gave him CPR on the plane uh, thinks he's got the virus. So it, you know, yeah. it, so and, my question and- is, is, is if there is this new mutant strain of uh, COVID, will this vaccine work on that strain? I, I don't know that the vaccine know. works well, but, because I think this thing. virus probably functions slightly different. You know, uh, uh, my wife personally knows somebody who is on their second round of coronavirus in three months. So really? let, let's get this straight. If they had coronavirus and tested, they were positive. Their body developed antibodies. Right. Uh, now, this time she's not as severe. She says she doesn't feel as bad. Uh, so I'll, I'll give it credit. But if you can still contract it and be sick and be contagious after actually having it, all the vaccine does is prepare your body in the exact same manner. So if you're telling me, and the answer is, oh, well, there's multiple strains. Well, there's multiple strains of the flu, and they guess each year on which flu vaccine the public gets. Is it A? Is it B? Which one is it? They look most prevalent. It's probably going to be this one. Um, So, you know, the strains, you know, I think they're up to, I mean, I don't know, hundreds of different strains of the of the SARS, let, let's try to be more specific, not just coronavirus, that's a whole group of viruses. The SARS-CoV-2, and the disease is called COVID-19, okay? So this wow. is the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Yeah. Uh, and if there's that many strains of it, then all these vaccines are completely uh, worthless. Uh, random, yeah, maybe you know about the article written when Kobe Bryant died. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, random yeah. nomad is you've mentioned that before, random nomad, but I don't remember that article. Uh, maybe if you find that article, maybe post it or send it to me because I don't remember that article. I was at RTR when uh, uh, Kobe Bryant died. We was, I was sitting, I was literally sitting there with Ellie and the bread trucker when uh, I'm the one that told Ellie and the bread trucker that Kobe Bryant had died because I've been part of the media for years, so I'm a, I'm a stringer, so I still I get media alerts, which used to be a cop, so you know what I'm talking about, John. Yeah. Uh, so I get a media alerts uh, for things that haven't broke yet. But should be breaking with the next in the next fifteen to thirty minutes. It's going to go live. So if you can if you can get a story together, you can get your story together and be on the breaking news. So I get these breaking news alerts. So mm-hmm. I was sitting there and got a breaking news alert before it even came out on TMZ. I turned around and told Ellie, Kobe Bryant just well, died in an helicopter crash. I don't, I don't know exactly which article uh, Random Nomad's talking about, but there there were in alternative media people that were already discussing it. You know, one of the people I followed early and why I felt this was severe uh, is a guy, he's on YouTube, uh, Chris Martinson of Peep Prosperity. And he's actually, his uh, website's been about self-reliance and financials and, and investing and stuff like that. But Chris Martinson has his PhD from Duke University uh, in epidemiology. Uh, literally he would be one of the people if he was still a scientist and working on it to actually go find the virus, figure out what it is and figure out how it works. Uh, and he already talked about it. He said, this is already here. Uh, you know, and he was a big proponent wanting to shut the country down super early, not just flights from China, but everything, seal the borders, stop it now. Uh, and of course we, we didn't do that. Uh, no country did that. And, this is this is where we ended up as a as a result because he believed the same thing that he was looking at the data coming out of China the best that we could at the time 
uh, and looking at things like satellite imagery of China's decreased industrial production, which was very evident on satellite photographs. I think China did propagandize a lot of it uh, for their own political gains, but to shoot themselves in the foot economically and shut down production yeah, uh, is, prob is probably not something they would do for no. propaganda. Uh, no. I mean, that was just too too much. Um, the, other, the other thing is... Uh, you know, I have so the the company that I was working for, uh, SVO Collect or SVO Enterprises, when the coronavirus broke out in China. So my boss, uh, Serena Vo, she, we have we had uh, logistics with manufacturers mm -hmm. there in China because we would do you know yep. fifty thousand t-shirts, uh, yeah. and so that's where our t-shirts were being manufactured in China. So Serena was on the phone with China every day because they were in the um, pandemonium already in China a month before COVID was ever anything was ever said about COVID mm -hmm. because, because uh, right as COVID broke out was Chinese new year. So they shut down for a month during Chinese new year. So all the manufacturing facilities were in high, um, you know, over, they were, they were pushing, pushing, pushing because they knew they were getting ready to shut down. So us being stateside, we were pushing, pushing, pushing to get all of our product before they shut down. So no, nobody was talking about COVID. There was nothing said about COVID. And then I watched a video uh, on Twitter that was snuck out of China about uh, like some little girl sitting up on like the 20th floor of some sky rise, high rise apartment building. And she's out on a balcony by herself and she's just talking into the night, talking about, hey, my mother's really sick. Can somebody and she's talking in Chinese, but it's being, mm -hmm. you know, uh, captioned at the bottom of the video she's saying hey my mother's really sick can somebody come and check on her i think she's dying and it's just like total silence and quiet because it was like uh right before they went into lockdown but they 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 knew something was going on in china so i watched this video i got up from my desk and i walk in and serena i walk in my office into serena's office and she's on the phone uh with with somebody that you know is in china and like it's the middle of the night for them but it's the middle of the day for us and she but serena's talking to her chinese contact and she gets off the phone and i'm like are you talking to china she's like yeah we're trying to get those hoodies make sure but i don't think they're going to get those hoodies done before they shut down for chinese new year and i'm like hey have you heard anything about this uh, other thing that's going on over there? She's like, what are you talking about? I said, I don't want to scare you, but I said, do me a favor. I said, after tonight, when we get off work, I said, it could be nothing. But after tonight, when we get off work, I want you to go to like Costco and just buy like a bunch of dry food goods, get a bunch of ramen noodles, get a bunch of canned food and stuff like that, because there's some kind of virus or something going on over that's that's going over uh, at China. But it's I guess they're keeping it real quiet or something. She goes, well, nobody said anything to me about it. I just got off the phone with China. They don't know anything about it. What are you talking about? So she didn't believe me. She didn't go. And within five days of me having that conversation with her, she found herself at Costco in a line that she was behind about 150 people wrapped around a Costco building, trying to get into a Costco. And it was literally people, which had it actually been a, a virus that was as much of a wildfire as I think some of the early people thought it was going to be. Oh, it uh, all, all, those people, all those people would have been dead. Be dead. They'd been dead yeah. because they'd, they'd have exactly. passed it to each other early. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, I prepared in in December. Uh, you know, stocked up on stuff. Um, well, you always anyway. kind of a prepper, haven't you? Well, I mean, uh, you have four kids. not How hardcore. Not, not hardcore. 
How long were you a police officer? Where were you a police officer at? Uh, in High Point, North Carolina. Uh, so okay. I was at the department uh, for about four years uh, and realized that um, I, I didn't really fit the political culture of, of law enforcement. Even at an early age. I, people I, ask me all the time why I got out. It wasn't... Uh, uh, didn't get fired or anything. I actually quit. Uh, I just, uh, after I was told not to arrest somebody quote or else, uh, I, I, I realized that's not where I wanted to be. So yeah, it, uh, it's that, that's a tough spot for us as libertarians. That's why I wanted to have you on. You know, I think a lot of Texans, even if I know there's a lot of Republicans in Texas, but I think the old school or a lot of us are more libertarian than we are yeah. Republican. I think most yeah. Americans are, they just don't know it. I, I agree. I totally agree with that. Unless you're completely mm-hmm. off on the left, you know, the left side of the, well, the ball. And, and, you know, I can respect those people that are honest about their position, right? Like if you actually want socialism and communism, be honest about it and tell me that's what you want. You know, you want to get rid of guns because you don't think people should have them. You think the government should control everything, at least have an honest position. I mean, I'll debate you on an honest position, but when you say, oh, well, we're not going to come take your guns, but then you're supporting people who want to write laws and regulations uh, to take away firearms from people, you're, you're, well, I don't know, you're just two-faced. You don't, you're not even honest to genuine about your own position and your own beliefs. So there's no having a conversation with those types of people or any kind of uh, debate, uh, which is dead in America. You know, people can't talk to each other and come to a mutual understanding and, and middle ground on anything anymore. So uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother show. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, or you, you say that, you say that and, and it, it reminds me, I just had a conversation with my brother a couple of days ago. He runs a huge ranch in, in Eastern New Mexico. And we were talking about, you know, because he shoots a lot of coats and, you know, he, he's out there yeah. on the ranch and shooting stuff it. all the time. And so he, so he's having a hard time getting ammo. And so we were talking about it and I said, you know, what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to the gun debate, uh, it, it, it really runs along this line is, uh, you know, when Obama become president, they, uh, the left basically sat back and, and had a sigh of relief because when Obama was elected, they, you know, it, it started with Clinton, but then all of a sudden we had George Bush jr. And, you know, that, and, and the and the the G, the the old school GOP and the neocons, which I can't stand either, yeah. the John Kerrys, the George Bush Juniors, the George Bush, the hardcore old political GOP neocon conservatives, and then uh, but when Obama was elected, all of the left took a, they they had a sigh of relief because they believed at that time that they had won the culture war. The culture war was over. And they and they believed that anything that they wanted to push through, once they pushed the gay rights thing through, which I was for the gay rights because I'm a libertarian. I don't think the government Absolutely. telling you. I don't think the government should be it's telling anybody. My business. It's none of my business. It's none of their business. What people do, let, let people be free and do whatever the hell they want to do. But now you have to look at that when they start pushing something, because as they were pushing that, I was, you know, at first I was like, I don't know, because, you know, it's homophobic now to say it, but at that time, if you were a heterosexual man, it kind of grossed you out just to think about two dudes, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a bit, but it's, but that's, they've been pushing that agenda and now it's normalized to everybody. 
the gay thing. Now I have a lot of gay friends. So, but like I said, being a libertarian, they should be able to do whatever they want to do. And, you know, I had a buddy of mine in Texas back, uh, like probably eight or nine years ago. And he's like, well, what if they, what if them two guys move in next to you? I'm like, yeah, as long as they're, you know, staying on their own side of the fence and mowing the grass, I don't care what they I got, do. I got news for you. They already were living next door to you. You just didn't know, oh, yeah, they, sure. you know, they you didn't, didn't talk know about it. it. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, someone else's behavior unless it directly infringes upon your freedom uh and your property rights and your safety is no none of your concern uh you know i don't necessarily buy the community good argument in most things because when it boils down to it people are like well we need to do one thing use government for this for the community good it's the same thing we're in with shutdowns masks and no it, it's it, you know um I, I'm not going to go too philosophical. You read I, Ayn Rand and, and uh, yeah, selfishness sure. is a virtue, yeah. you, you know, but believe it or not, it, it, you know, altruism is dangerous. It, no one is actually altruistic. Being altruistic, if you say, well, I, I'm doing this thing because I care about other people and I'm altruistic, then if you were really altruistic, you'd get rid of all your own personal possessions. You'd become a monk. You'd give away right. everything and you would devote every minute and every second of your life to serving other people and nothing would ever get done in the world. Nothing would get produced. There'd be no goods. There'd be no services. Uh, and everything would just come to a screeching halt as we all just stand around and help everybody else do something else. But there is no communal good uh in that but that's a whole other podcast and very philosophical yeah um, sure I don't know. let's talk about money hey i, I want to jump in the room i want to jump in the room right quick and uh, welcome dennis sure. baltimore to the show black conservative here good to, good to have you join us glad to have you uh but my point was really quick I, I i missed my point my point was so when when the left thought they had won the culture war they they took a sigh of relief but this whole time that they've been talking about uh enacting these gun laws it's because they always knew that something at some point could come to a head and they didn't want all the conservatives having the guns which right now is where we're at i mean we're at a head this thing is at a head with this whole trump and the, and the election and everything i mean i mean we're there uh and this that that was their worst nightmare is if it comes to it like right now if it comes to a head i mean if 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 Trump decides to, to, to not concede and, and try to stay in the White House, then, yeah. then weapons are going to be drawn. Uh, and if weapons are drawn on two sides, it's going to be one side against another side. And the side that's got yeah. the most guns are going to win. So it's, it's very simple. And they know that. They're not that dumb. And they've always known that. And that's, but the funny thing is, is this last year, there's been more gun sales, more ammo sales than like the last 10 years combined. It's insane. Well, because people feel it, you know, um, I, I've been doing a lot of reading lately on the pre-Civil War era uh, here in the States, and people knew it was coming. They, they, they knew it was coming. There was no stopping it. Um, once Lincoln was elected, it was actually a big uh, indicator uh, that Civil War was imminent uh, and that it, it was it was there was no turning back from it. And I told this to, to someone today, you know, there is more avenues that lead to a out and out civil war in this country than there are avenues that do not uh be it uh political uh be it monetary policy uh, or economic collapse which personally i, I actually believe the economic collapse uh it w is going to be more is really what's going to cause it's going to start as mass civil unrest and very quickly it's not going to be a clearly defined civil war uh and 
for the last year, I've been looking for this white paper I, I, I read from a, a professor at, I think it was the University of Texas. Uh, don't hold me to that, though. But he was a sociology professor, and his entire premise was the next Civil War is basically going to be divided into eight uh, categories. Uh, and if you can imagine it, a cube, and each point on the cube, uh, each axis of X, Y, and Z, uh, it goes from light skin to dark skin, rich to poor, rural to urban. Uh, and each one of those points on that cube is going to be who you have to align with because uh, we'll just use a good example now. Uh, this is a great paradox is uh, your West Coast big city. Uh, I am in rural North Carolina on the East Coast. Uh, and, you know, if you wanted to come here in the middle of one of those events, uh, you're not going to be met with open arms, even though you're white. You're just not. You're not one of us. You're not from here. We don't know who you are. Uh, and I think this really relates to you already see the conversation happening in places like Texas as the people from California are migrating to Texas. And what does everybody in Texas say? Don't bring your crap ass politics here that you screwed up your own state. If you're going to move here, you're going to vote like a Texan. Uh, and people are already concerned about that. Uh, in this area, people from up north moving south moving rural. I live about an hour north of Charlotte. so a major metro area here on the East Coast. So it's just enough away from a big city where they feel comfortable that they can still have big city amenities. Uh, then they come in and they want to vote and act and have things that they had in the liberal Mecca cities that they're now fleeing from, not understanding that the policies that they wanted that benefited them personally led to the ultimate destruction of the city. Uh, and right. they're, they're going to try to recreate the same, the same thing. And people, the same destruction to, everywhere they go. It's insane. Yeah, and when it actually comes to civil unrest and disruption, it's not going to fly. You know, I mean, uh, the black lives matter protests. You want to know why you didn't see any of those in suburban rural Southern States, uh, because you'd get shot. It doesn't matter your race. You you walk yeah. through my neighborhood screaming and shouting and throwing things at my house. You're going to get you shot. It's just, yeah. that's reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we usually, I usually, I try to keep this thing to an hour, John, we're a couple of minutes past an hour, but I don't want to kill this podcast because you are a currency expert and well, I'm going to tell you that. really quick. <laughs> uh, well, well, maybe not a, a you're a cryptocurrency F aficionado or you like well, I, I would say mac, macro macroeconomics is really okay. what I've gotten into. So it would be a better way to okay. say it probably. Big let me, let me say, let me say really quick. I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of nights ago and, and several people know this, and I think I might've said it on the podcast. I'm not for sure. But in 2014, I threw away a computer, a Dell Inspiron computer. That was my work computer that I did all my uh, image editing on that got uh, the hard drive got, got uh, killed with malware. Uh, and killed the hard drive. I had to pay a data uh, expert, an IT guy, to mine my pictures and stuff because I was editing mm -hmm. pictures for a $6,500 wedding when the yeah. drive locked up. So that was my only priority. I was having, I was in a, because I thought I was going to get sued. You know what I mean? So I was yeah. checking my insurance and everything because I yeah. thought I'd lock these people's pictures. And if Didn't the guy lose it, but I've been there, done that. I understand the concern. <laughs> yeah. So I was freaking out about that. So uh, the guy charged me $400 to get my info off of there. But what I forgot to tell him, I, he, I remember him texting me. He's like, hey, I've got your pictures off of here. I've got all your folders with all your images. I got all your videos. I got all this. I got all, is there anything else on this drive you can think of that you need? And I was like, no, dude, you got the pictures. 
I'm, I'm happy. I don't need anything else. That's the, that's the only thing I'm really worried about is the pictures. And he's like, okay, because uh, I'm, I'm going to send it back to you. And when you get it, once you've got it, if you need anything else, it's another $400. I was like, no, I'm good, dude. No problem. Soon as I got the computer back and it was dropped off because he had a courier to me and I picked it up out of the courier, I went, oh shit, dude, this thing's got 150 Bitcoin on it. And I was like, I was like, nah, I'm not worried about it. Bitcoin ain't worth anything anyway. Never been worth anything anyway. Yeah. So when I closed my studio, when I went broke in Long Beach and basically had to close my studio, uh, the last thing uh, in the middle of that 2,200 square foot studio that I had, warehouse studio, was sitting right in the middle of that studio floor was that effing Inspiron Dell computer. And I had the U-Haul backed up. The U-Haul is packed full. I looked at the U-Haul and I was moving to Joshua Tree, basically retiring. I was moving out there to just get away from everything. And I uh, looked at the U-Haul. I looked at that computer sitting in the floor and I'd already moved it twice uh, at different places. The only reason I took it was because of that Bitcoin. And so I said, how much is Bitcoin worth right now? And I got on there and it was, it wasn't worth anything. It was like, mm-hmm. so I was like, and, and when I bought it, I paid $15 for it. When it, when Bitcoin first started, I got a like some kind of uh, you know advertisement thing saying the new this is going to be if you buy a dollar's worth of this it'll be worth a thousand or a hundred dollars and I was like well then I'll buy you know fifteen dollars worth is what I did and so which was like a hundred and fifty Bitcoin I think if I remember right and then I bought like I told him I bought like some uh, memorabilia pins that you could put your business name on like five pins or something like that with one Bitcoin, which the Bitcoin at that time was worth like 25 cents, I think, yeah. or like 12 cents. And I got five pins that were worth like $5. You know, it was just, they were trying to stir up interest in Bitcoin. So there was people out there that would sell you stuff that was worth way more than the Bitcoin, but that let you pay with Bitcoin to show you that this Bitcoin was going to be real. I don't know if you remember that, but anyway, oh, yeah. I picked that computer up. And went to put it in the back of the U-Haul, and there was a dumpster right there to the right, and I just in the dumpster with it. Yeah, hundred and fifty. There's, there, there's been there's been a lot of Bitcoin. Like, yeah, I don't. And it was Bitcoin's at twenty four thousand right now or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't even want to do the math for you. That's that hurts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but that brings up that brings up a couple of good things about about cryptocurrencies in in general. Um, and I'll I'll be quick. I know we're over the hour mark here on, on currency. You asked me earlier. Uh, um, what I thought, uh, what, you know, you said, what do you ask me? You said, what if society goes cashless? It's not what if it is when it right. is 100% going to happen. And I would tell everybody in chat room, I'm, I'm not advocating cryptocurrency. I actually think in the short and midterm crypto, uh, may substantially rise compared to the U S dollar, uh, and other, uh, fiat currencies. Um, and, and I could just, I could go on just hours and hours about economics here but this is what the the gist of what's going to happen in the first uh cares act that was passed earlier this year uh right at the last minute they had to strip out the creation of the digital dollar in the united states the actual legal creation of digital united states currency um and i was surprised it got stripped out um when you understand that in the history of currency and, and everything I'm going to tell you guys is, is fact, this isn't hyperbole, all fiat currencies and a fiat currency is simply a currency, which is not backed by anything physical. The right. dollar is not backed by gold. It is not backed by silver any longer. It has not been since Nixon took a us off the gold time. standard yeah. in 1972. Okay. okay. So 
currently globally, every single country's currency is uh, just a it, yeah, it's all, it's all fiat, random nomad, precious metals. Absolutely, I own not just precious metals, but physically own it, touch it, hold it. ETFs, uh, I don't go down that road. That's not owning gold or silver. It's not, they're derivatives. Don't 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 get fooled into that. Most of them are derivatives. Some of them are not like Sprott, but that's another story. Um, so every fiat currency in the history of humanity, every one has failed, has collapsed. Yeah. The the yeah. dollar is going to collapse. They have strung this out a lot longer than a lot of uh, macroeconomic people realized uh, through a lot of manipulation using the Federal Reserve. But my, my general sense of, of what's going to happen in order to continue to propagate the system so that the very rich, and, and I say, I'm not confident 1%. This is the uber billionaires, the people that you don't ever hear about, that nobody talks about, can continue to make money. Eventually, the United States will have to go to a negative interest rate. It's already happened in Japan. We already actually have probably a real negative interest rate uh, once you take into inflation and, and that kind of stuff. But when it actually the Fed's funds rate goes negative, what that means is banks are going to charge you to hold your money. I mean, that's pretty, pretty basic. Um, if you could take cash out of the bank, there would be a run on the banks. They have to get rid of cash. So you cannot physically remove your money from the bank so that banks can charge you a negative interest rate. It's really about that simple. Uh, the other thing they're going to do is the stimulus money moving forward is going to be uh, basically you're going to automatically have a bank account created at the Federal Reserve. We're going to we're going we're gonna to see this happen in the Biden administration. OK, he is appointing Janet Yellen the former yeah. head of the Federal Reserve as we Treasury Secretary. Yeah. They want to combine monetary and fiscal policy, create one uh, more mega institution. The Federal Reserve is a private bank currently. Right. Most people don't know that. It's not a government yeah. agency. It's a private bank. Not any more federal than Federal Reserve. No, 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 no. It, it's it, it's owned by member banks. Most people don't know that the Federal Reserve pays a 6% annual dividend to its shareholders, which they're not legally required to release. Nobody actually knows who owns the Federal Reserve, although most people, the same typical Illuminati names come up, the Rothschilds, yeah. Morgan, yeah. all those families probably Rock actually do own yeah. it. You could read the book, did, The Creature from Jekyll Island. It's It well, kind of explains a lot. See, uh, there. Did you ever see Aaron Russo's... Uh, uh, Freedom to fascism or freedom to, uh, can't remember what Aaron Russo, he had a documentary. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it though. You know, uh, um, I think it's on, I think it is actually on YouTube. Uh, freedom I, I'll, I'll have to check it out. You know, a, a lot of the people that, if you want to learn more about this, uh, and I'd be happy to come back, talk, we can do a whole podcast about, about macroeconomics and currency. Um, you know, is, uh, Mike Maloney. Uh, the the history of money, uh, his great series, everything he talks about that is going to happen. I mean, he made these series a number of years ago, has come to fruition. Uh, uh, George Gammon at the Rebel Capitalist, uh, excellent. He's on he's on top of this stuff. Uh, people like Peter Schiff, uh, Lynn Alden, uh, all these people really have their their fingers on the pulse of of uh, macroeconomics and monetary policy. And here's the thing: this is not conspiracy theory. You can literally go to the Federal Reserve's website. You can go to the IMF's website. They talk about the plans for the Great Monetary Reset, and they're using coronavirus as a catalyst to remove cash and to put these things into place. Uh, and, you know, so we'll kind of go down why I think physical silver and gold. They've always been money. 
uh, versus uh, crypto. I think, like I said, I think short-term, mid-term crypto is probably going to, could, could make you some money. But the problem is government does not like competition. Yeah, for sure. They don't. When all these central banks create their own digital currency, they're going to kill crypto. And yeah. I'm telling you right now, people are like, oh, well, you can. It's a distributed ledger. Yes, they can. Yeah, yes, yeah. they can. The government's had a backdoor into every piece of internet uh, in, in the actual protocols, the socket layer. Uh, they've had a backdoor in. They invented the internet. They can get to it. And yeah, not to mention, sure. if it's a distributed node network, all you got to do is take down a couple of nodes kill the power and, and, the, and the ledger collapses. They're, they're not going to allow it to live. They're, they're just not. And it might not be in the next year. It might not be in the next five years, but it will be killed by the governments. Uh, in fact, I found an article uh, just to two days ago. I'll read this to you. Uh, let's see. The, uh, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Agency issued notice a proposed rulemaking today called, quote, requirements for certain transactions involving convertible virtual currencies or digital assets, and it is providing only a 15-day public comment window, uh, which is very abbreviated. Basically, what they're wanting to do is regulate you buying cryptos on any exchange the same way they right. do stocks, and that's that's yeah. what they're out to do. Uh, and, you know, People, I guess the best advice I could give to people when it comes to money is you need to start thinking about money in relation to other things. Crypto uh, is going up and down in value because it's being manipulated by derivatives, right. traders, high frequency trading, silver and gold, exact same thing. My question to you is on the other side of a financial collapse, which is going to happen what, because all fiat's collapse. What is what, what is will, going to be worth anything? Yeah, yeah. Will one silver one ounce of silver buy you a bag of groceries or a new car? Will one right. Bitcoin buy you a, a buggy of groceries or a loaf of bread? When Bitcoin you think about things yeah, there's, in there's relation no to computers, one another. There's no computers, then Bitcoin's going to be worthless. Yeah. That's, I mean, the thing about it is, is I mean, what people, what if you stop and really look at it in, in logical terms, it's like, you know, I have a saying that, you know, there's no such thing as time. Time is a man-made invention. There's no such mm -hmm. thing as time. Time is something that we came up with so we could figure out where we are uh, with with the sun going around the earth. You know what I mean? But but it, in, in the grand scheme of things, there's really no such thing as time. If you get dropped off like Tom uh, like uh, Tom Hanks on a deserted island without a watch, you don't know. You you can draw lines on the, on the wall, but you don't know what time it is. You have the only thing is you can try to figure it out with the sun. Money's the same way. Money. Monopoly money is really the same is worth the exact same as money that you get out of the bank. It's just something that we've created. It's a man-made man-made invention so we can trade amongst each other. That's all it is. But when it comes down to it, it's nothing but paper. Well, and and you're exactly right. It's the, the, what provides value to money is the belief that it's worth something. Worth what something. people got to understand is, uh, well, let, let's back up first. I hate using the word money. It's currency, right? Currency, money yeah, is constitutionally sure. money in the United States is gold and silver. Uh, right. by, according to the constitution. True. So it's currency. True. All currency is, is a means to transact with one another. That's all it's ever going to do and all it's ever going to be. Um, give you an example. We'll use the, the one you just did. If you're on a desert island and you have, you're by yourself, you're stranded like the movie and you have $1 billion in a chest that washes up on shore with you. Are you rich? Yeah. No, no. 
you you have a tree and some coconuts and some sand. You're not rich because there's nothing there of value that you can trade the currency yeah. for. It, it has no intrinsic value, and that's part of the problem we have with economics. But if, a, but if a container with a bunch of canned goods and dry food goods washed up, you'd be stoked. You'd be rich. Well, you could, yeah. You could and if, if if we have an economic collapse, so your point about me being a prepper, I have chickens. Uh, the guy who doesn't have chickens and I have chickens and eggs, who's wealthier? You know, it, it's, exactly. it, it's the person who can provide goods and services uh, and actually has tangible assets. That is what drives the, the actual real economy. Uh, but in the United States, we just pump money from the Federal Reserve through the banking system in the stock market, drive up the price of stocks, and people think that the economy is doing well. The economy is not doing well. The economy is horrible. The economy is on life support. And one of those ECMO machines and a ventilator they're using for COVID needs to be hooked up to the U.S. dollar. Right. So uh, I know I screwed things up earlier when I started pushing buttons and stuff, but I've actually uh, this I can do a screen share with this, John. I know we're past the time, but I'm not worried about yeah. that. But I, since you haven't seen Freedom to Fascism, I want you mm-hmm. to uh, I want to play this trailer for everybody in the room because sure. I do want everybody to watch it. So I can't remember Aaron Russo. I think he directed Trading Places. He was a Jewish guy that used to be pretty big in Hollywood. And then he got off on this, he got off on this path of, um, he got off on this path of trying to figure out the things that, that, because he heard something about the Illuminati. He had like one of the Rockefellers set him down and give him a little speech. And it kind of, he kind of took him aback by it. You can, you can find an interview where he talks about it. Uh, So he ended up doing this documentary uh, in like 90, it's, 10, 15 years ago called Freedom to Fascism. It was one of the first times I ever saw Ron Paul in anything, the godfather of libertarian libertarianism, a uh, new modern libertarianism. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I want to, I wanted to see if I can uh, set this up so we can play this trailer for the room. So bear with me here, John, we, you may get an echo. If you do, just let me know, sure. but I'm going to try to uh, screen share here and see if we can uh, play this trailer. Uh, here we go. See if it'll, I don't know if we'll, let me know if you guys can hear this. Yeah, I hear it. Perfect. The government works for a private bank and the private bank works for its owners. The true masters. The uh, Federal Reserve is no more federal than Federal Express. I've never seen a full list of ownership for the Fed. I don't think anybody has. Why did we give a monopoly of creating money out of thin air to a private corporation? Money. There is no law that requires the average American worker in the private sector to pay a direct unapportioned tax on their labor and compensation. The Internal Revenue Code is authorized by the 16th Amendment. There is no constitutional basis for a tax on the wages of Americans living and working in the 50 states of the Union. Period. End of argument. Nobody can know what the law is because the law is what the judges say the law is. I think it should be clarified. I, I think government should be transparent to the people. That's actually they're calling universal. us tax cheats. They're calling us fanatics. I don't care what you call me, but I have one question. Where is the law? Show me the law. 
you have to get permission from the government from almost everything. And if that is the definition of a police state, that you can't do anything unless the government gives you permission, we're well on our way. I began to have a frightening thought. What if it was our own government we had to be afraid of? Can a microscopic tag be implanted in a person's body to track his every movement? There's actual discussion about that. You will rule on that, mark my words. The power of government has been hijacked so that the rest of us are made slaves. What happens if you, your own government is using more force and more coercion on its own citizens for the purpose of achieving its political ends. Is that government engaged in terrorism? Unfortunately, what is being sold to the American people today as Americanism. Yeah, see it for Griffin. You peel off the label, you find that book. so much similarity to what we were fighting against when we were fighting communism and Nazism and fascism. <laughs> This is absolutely Orwellian. I mean, it's talking about Big Brother looking over your shoulder. It absolutely has to do. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. Benito Mussolini had a great quote about fascism. He said that fascism should be called corporatism more properly because it's the perfect merger of power between the corporation and the state. That's how we define fascism. And that's what we're seeing here. If Americans just learned that the IRS was actually knowingly deceiving them without enough, that would be enough for them to rise up and put a stop to it. All the power is in the people. And to the extent that government becomes alienated from the people, does things that people don't want, power is transferred until you finally come to a police state, totalitarian state, whatever word you want to give it, where the desires of the people really have no, no consequence. They go out and they vote. doesn't make any difference which this is something that uh, people eventually, I hope, will get sick and tired of and say, you know, enough is enough. Thank you, Aaron. I think we're finished. I'm sorry, Mr. Cohen, for doing that. Yep. So the thing I wanted, the real thing I want to talk about there is the the simple fact that how how true that did that ring through, and the simple fact is that came out in two thousand and six, mm -hmm. and everything they're talking about is ringing true right now. It's been coming all this time, but no, but everybody didn't see. Only people like us saw it coming. Well, and and the thing I posted this on Facebook. Uh, I had to challenge everyone. So there's a video on YouTube from DARPA. It is actually on the official DARPA YouTube channel. So DARPA is, uh, was it the defense agency? Uh, it's one that does all the R&D for new weapons is DARPA. It's half civilian, oh, yeah, half, right, half, right, half, right. half military. Yeah, so, right. so the general that runs the DARPA it's program like is actually, yeah, it's about a two minute video. Yeah. And he's talking about micro gel implants that they're planning to use in the United States soldiers that will actually actively track them and track their health and alert their commanding officers if they start running a fever, if they're sick, uh, all on the guise of coronavirus. Yeah, and yeah. the, the micro jail, this is a real thing. Like I said, this isn't, they're literally telling you what they're doing. doing it yeah. is so small that they, you won't even ever feel the needle. He describes it as going in, it's basically like one of the nicotine patches. You put it on your skin, they could transmit it right into your skin that way. So if you're not going to feel it going through your skin, if you want to get conspiracy theory, when you get the COVID vaccine, on God's name, would you ever know if they actually put one in you? One in there. Yeah, at that time. You, yep, you just wouldn't. Sure. 
It, and, and they're literally talking about this and that these technologies are real. They exist. They've tested them. Uh, there's plans to have widespread usage of them. Uh, and yeah, the, the monetary policy, um, you know, a lot of the way the government runs is rules and regulations. Um, if you're into guns that, you know, the ATF makes it up as they go. It's literally oh, yeah, be the same sure. as your, your local, uh, local police department, the city police department making up the rules and then going out and enforcing them. Uh, right. And that's the power that, that they have granted they have, they will. to bureaucrats and, yeah. and regulators within the federal government. Very true, man. All right. Well, uh, we're almost an hour and a half into this thing. I want to thank you, John, for uh, coming sure. on today. I really appreciate it. You're just the second guest I had. We had a little hiccup there when I was messing with the buttons and that's hit the right. wrong thing, but uh, actually went pretty good. And I think we had a pretty good discussion. Let's jump back in the room right here yeah. real quick. Has anybody got anything to say? I want to welcome Van Omatic. I believe he's new. We had some new faces in the room here. Uh, Dennis Baltimore, thanks for joining us, buddy. Alberta. Uh, said, ha ha ha, do you want that nurse assisting your surgery? Probably not. I agree. I agree with you, Alberta. Uh, Freedom Dove, Random Nomad, thank you guys for uh, joining us here today. And thank you, John, for uh, being a guest. I really appreciate it, buddy. Great conversation. I'll definitely have to have you on. Uh, an hour and a half really wasn't long enough. There's so much we could continue oh, man, to I talk could go. Yeah, we'll have to narrow down some of, some of the topics, because especially on the monetary things. But I'm t- if again, go check out George Gammon. Like you want to know about macroeconomics and and where a lot of this stuff is going, uh, he'll even introduce you to a guy named Klaus Schwab, who runs the World Economic Forum, and his creepy little cat. Uh, and he literally talks about wanting to take over in a great reset. So, uh, wow. and he's the guy who sets up Devos, where all the billionaires go. You know, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the yeah. Warren Buffetts and stuff. And they, they go yeah, and listen yeah. to this guy talk. So, gotcha. Yeah, we're going we're going down that. Yeah. You know, Alex. Not, not to go down the Alex Jones path, but Alex talks, he's been talking about that stuff for years as well. You know, Alex yeah. takes a lot of heat, but you know, even though as crazy as he is, there's a lot, there's yeah. some truth to sometimes to the, to the stuff he's talking about. If you pay attention yeah, well, to it. Well, 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 there is. And I, I would like to think uh, I err more on the side of uh, an Andrew Breitbart, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. as far as yeah, people yeah. thought he was a conspiracy theorist too, but he ended up dead. Yeah. yeah for so. sure. Yeah. That, which is kind of, you know, Aaron Russo did too. The, the director of that movie that, that we just saw, he ended up dead as well. Well, the, uh, the local, local, local story today is, uh, the, uh, the pharma lady who, uh, come out against stuff oh, yeah, and yeah. she was found dead in her house. Yep. And you know, uh, right real quick, I wanted to mention, I can't remember his name, but, uh, did you hear about this, John? One of the guys that used to be a big fashion icon, older guy, um, he actually uh, was just arrested. He's Canadian. Uh, let me just put, let's, let's see if we can type this up here really quick. Let's do a screen share again. I want to see if I can, uh, I want to see if I can find this. Um, this guy, uh, is a fashion icon and, um, you'll, 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 you'll know his face when you see him. I can't remember his name. Well, if I get some internet going here, uh, let me just put, uh, fashion icon arrested. Or he was arrested for sex trafficking. I uh, just arrest, arrested right here. Yeah, you know, that's and uh, and you're not hearing anything about this. And he's a he is a uh, I mean, he is a you know, he's a he's a very well known person in the fashion industry and has been for years. Uh, you know, he's like one of those uh, you know, he's like a Harvey Weinstein uh, in the in 
uh, Peter Nagard. And I know a well, girl that actually knew him. Yeah, so know, that's that, a whole that, other show. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. You know, I'm huge on uh, uh, anyone that's left it. You know, I'll plug Operation Underground Railroad, uh, nonprofit right. my family gives to. Uh, these guys go out and fight child sex trafficking globally uh, and actually rescue kids. Uh, they're yeah. former uh, SEALs, Delta, uh, Department of Homeland Security guys. Uh, they go out and get it done and rescue these kids. Um, it's as a father, I'm I'm going to tell you, I, I – I much yeah. love for those guys uh, yeah, because sure. the, the intestinal fortitude to even be able to witness those things and put themselves in those situations as men uh, that care and love for children and other people and humanity uh, is gut wrenching uh, and they tolerate it so they can save people. So yeah, I, sure. I, all these sickos need the wood chipper. Yeah. And, and you know, that's my whole problem is that's another one of those agendas I'm talking about that luckily it got shut down because if you looked back at about a year ago, uh, you started having a lot of this stuff coming out about uh, pedophilia or pedophiles aren't oh, yeah. uh, criminals. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's that's that agenda-based stuff where they're trying to normalize something. Luckily, yeah. people are waking up to that and woke up to it really quick. But then that goes right back along that culture war thing I was talking about earlier when the left thought they won the culture war. They want to normalize these things that are that we, you know, on the on the on the right that we we've always thought was a little, you know, like what? What are they what are you talking about? You know? Like if you look back uh let's go back to 1985. If 1985, if they told you that they wanted uh you know men used in the women's bathroom because they said that they're women people would be, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? But that's how far they've come push, pushing the culture war. You know what I'm saying? Oh, anyway, absolutely. Norm we're gonna, normalizing it through media and through, uh, brainwashing. desensitization of, yeah, of, saw, of, of the public. I saw a meme right before I started the show and it said, has there been more hands washed this year in 2020 or more brains? Hmm, Which one yeah. have been washed the most hands or brains? So anyway, brains. guys, uh, Again, John, I want to uh, thank you, buddy, and I'll catch up with you. I'll text you uh, here uh, after we wrap up the show. And I want to thank you again for joining us here on the American Nomad Podcast. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this show. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Travman, Vanomatic, uh, Random Nomad. Travman, you just hit me with another $2 Super Chat, buddy. You are the you are the man, and I hope you're feeling better. I didn't really get a chance to uh, talk to you. I know you uh, haven't been feeling well, having some kidney issues. Uh, so I hope you're doing better, buddy, um, and hope you're feeling a little better. But we're running really late here. Uh, we just had an hour and a half, so we're going to wrap this thing up. And uh, I hope to see you guys back here on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Uh, I have a guest that's scheduled, but I'm not sure that, sh that she'll actually show up. So we'll, I'm not going to put that one out there until uh, I know for sure. But anyway, that is going to uh, do it for this episode of the American Nomad podcast. Uh, until next time. Thank you for listening to the American Nomad Podcast. Until next time, keep looking up because that's where it all is.